Welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray. And for the second part of our If We Shed the Nominees, I have Kurt Fitzpatrick back. Uh, in our previous episode, we talked about Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress. It got heated. We needed some time apart uh, just to take our corners of the room there and uh, just cool down before we could go into the, the next two contentious categories. We're going to be talking about Best Lead Actor and Best Lead Actress in this episode. So, Kurt, thank you for coming back again. And again, I, I say it every time, but I appreciate your your commitment to the in sheer amount of movie watching that these episodes require. Well, it's my pleasure being on. I hope you've um, I hope you've calmed down a bit since the last episode, done some breathing work. <laughs> <laughs> I I said I was. I, I was overly caffeinated. I was very emotional, um, and, yeah, and, and no. quite a spectrum of emotions too. I mean, I was I was trying to almost duplicate the emotions of the actors delivered in these performances. So sometimes I was villainous, sometimes I I was sentimental, uh, and, uh, and and sometimes I was just uh, plain angry. So it was such a range that you should be awarded an Oscar actually for that episode so but they don't really <laughs> give oscars for podcasts more chaotic podcast host we're gonna work on that but no it was it was good i was like well that was a good that's a good episode for an audience to listen to even though for us it was a little uncomfortable <laughs> if we're just agreeing with everything you know what fun is that for the people at home? no we so. have to again we, we we go back to this is based on siskel and ebert and yes that's right um so and this is this know. is for I, an audience so. there's enough of a comfort i think that we can disagree but we we still remain friends in the end but i like I put you through this torture of watching like uh, fifty movies, and some of which don't even get nominated, and then uh, and then your reward is you come on the show and I berate you for your opinions. Oh well, it gets worse. I I finish watching all the movies, and there's a movie nominated that doesn't even have an end. They just didn't shoot an ending. I, they were they were probably running late for the wrap part. We'll be talking about that one in this episode, actually, because uh, we'll My be talking about the nominees, but. <laughs> No spoiler in the movie. <laughs> I was like, do we reveal this to the audience? But I, 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 I guess not, to reveal. I, guess, <laughs> I, I guess we can't. No, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the movie for them. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Let's get into to uh, lead actors. Um, so, best actor in the leading role. The nominees are Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein in Maestro. Coleman Domingo as Bayard Rustin in Rustin. Paul Giamatti as Paul Hunham in The Holdovers. Killian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer in Oppenheimer. And Jeffrey Wright as Thelonious Monk Ellison in American Fiction. So we'll talk about one nominee at a time, follow the format from last time. Then we'll award our points. Then we'll total the points, decide which three of the five would make the cut. And uh, then we'll maybe do it, you know, we'll obviously, it should be clear by the end of it, but we'll mention who our, our one vote would go to. And then we'll mention some should have been nominated folk, I think, in there. And uh, we'll go from there. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of love for the, for the, for the work in this category. So, uh, again, the first person we're talking about, I, I feel like was an early favorite long before the movie came out. A lot of people were talking, well, this is, Finally, Bradley Cooper is going to win his Oscar for playing Leonard Bernstein in this film that he's co-wrote and produced and directed and stars in. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, 
him and Maestro. I thought he was great. Uh, I was not looking forward to seeing Maestro. I was like, that, that chase has got me watching this movie. But I really, uh, I really enjoyed Maestro. I know we're not talking about the actual movie, but uh, I, I did very much enjoy his performance in it. Um, he, um, well, there's the scene where he, he reenacts actually, you know, uh, conducting the orchestra, which um, I understand they've, they've, I think on YouTube, there are like side by sides where they show him and Leonard Bernstein and it's pretty accurate, but, but apparently he worked on that for like a couple of years. Mm -hmm. he, he worked on that for a long time. I just, uh, I just, I, uh, I was pretty enamored with, well, I'm enamored with a few of these people, but um, I was, uh, I was rooting for Paul Giamatti, who I think was a favorite. But when I saw Bradley Cooper and the way he plays this role and how he plays the role aging, and I just thought it was a, it was a real commitment that he made to it. Okay. Well, wait, you, you disagree with this? Uh, okay. Here, here, I really like Bradley Cooper. And okay. I've been cheering for him for a few years. I kind of thought he should have won Best Actor for A Star Is Born. That was one where I didn't think I needed another version of A Star Is Born, and I loved that. Right. And it was his directorial debut. I did a beautiful job of directing it. Uh, him and Gaga were great, and I actually thought he had a very complex role in there. And it was subtle, but it was powerful, and it stayed with me to you know to this day. So I was really excited to get into Maestro. I am. Sorry to use this rather dramatic word, but I absolutely hate this performance. I think it's maybe the worst performance of his career. It is so showy. It's over the top. It is, I, it is just. I, I would give it a Razzie nomination. In fact, I was so wow. disturbed with the fact that this is was given such such critical praise. So we are really on opposite spectrums again on this one. Yeah, um, Huh. I did hear because I, I did look in because this is early on that I saw this, you know, it was kind of I think it came it was kind of early December or something, but there were still lots to watch for the Oscars at this point. And I there was another performance I'm gonna mention that didn't get nominated that I think was probably my ultimate choice for 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 best actor for this year. And a lot of people were it was kind of in this discussion that I got into with complete strangers about Cooper's performance. And it seemed kind of split. There were some people that really liked it and some people that, yeah, absolutely despised it, like myself. One thing that was mentioned was kind of interesting, and I, I don't know because I didn't have this experience to be able to compare it to, but somebody said that when they saw it in the movie theater that they really enjoyed it, but when they watched it on Netflix that it felt very big and over the top and hammy. I only watched it on Netflix. I'm not sure what the difference would be seeing it on the big screen versus watching it on a television, but uh, other than like the scope and size of it, but maybe uh, my experience is tainted by the fact that I watched it on Netflix as opposed to going to the movie theater to see this film. But um, you, did you watch it with one of your screeners? No, I saw it on Netflix. Yeah, I I really, from, from the very first scene right to the last, I, I, I'm going to be saying some nice things about an aspect of this movie in a few minutes, but I actually thought he was a big problem, and he he really his performance lowered the quality of Maestro completely. There were a few things that kind of saved it for me to have a mild thumbs up for the movie, but my thumb was way 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 down for this performance. I I didn't care for it at all, and I mean they do make the mistake at the end of showing the actual Leonard Bernstein, and he looks nothing 
like, and that's not always a deal breaker for me. If he looks nothing like, uh, like, like right. Bradley Cooper and his makeup and everything for this, but to me, maybe, maybe he got all of the actions and, and 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 everything as far as like the you know as far as conducting. But I did not really see anything in the performance, and it, it seemed a lot more interested in. And Cooper's partly to blame for this, and as far as the the screenplay, it's a lot more interested in his sexuality and sexual preference, I think, than it is in the man himself as a this amazing musician. And I, I w- would like to have seen more of that. We do see like some the key scene, kind of the climax of the film towards right. the end. I, I mean the. The, the the sweat and and the energy to 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 put on that uh, that performance that concert, but I wanted some more of that. I was less interested in these other aspects of his life. It just felt like okay, we you know we need to sort of emphasize his. I guess I'll call it bisexuality because that's kind of what a twenty first century audience needs, and it is an aspect of his of, of who he was. But I really didn't think I thought that part was kind of almost melodramatic and sidetracked and that seems like it's two-thirds or maybe three-quarters of the movie and we we have all of these achievements and these things that he does and he's this breakout artist when he filled in for that other maestro and everybody was just blown away by him but it felt like they glossed over all of that very quickly and they were anxious to get into is more of the stuff about his personal life right and I just didn't find that interesting and I just I just kept thinking it was almost like a sad how over the top Bradley Cooper was like, give me my Oscar, please, please, please. I've been subtle before, but now I have to be this big and over the top to be able to get the Oscar and play a historical figure, recent history, but historical figure to get this Oscar. And it just didn't work for me in any way, shape or form. So is it, is it possible that Leonard Bernstein was a little over the top? I think he, he was, I think he was, but I, Again, when I have seen interviews of him and 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 clips of him, I just didn't see how how Cooper was actually like portraying him in any sort of accurate way. It felt more like an uh, a four-year consideration Oscar grab more than an actual true portrayal of the man. I didn't know okay. the man. I mean, maybe if I met him personally, I would be like, oh yeah, okay, this was true. He's a bigger than life figure, and so there needed to be like I've I've seen Bradley Cooper play. Big Silver Linings Playbook is one of my favorite of his performances too, and he has some very flashy scenes uh, in that film. Um, and there's good reason why why he plays it big in, in some big notes in that one too. But I I just thought uh, you know the whole thing the whole look didn't go well too. I know that's a different category when you're talking about makeup, even though bizarrely it has a makeup nomination. Um, it's yeah, it, it really was, and, yeah. and it looks like the like the momentum. It may come back. I mean, there's still time, but I did not really. I was kind of happy to see the momentum about this performance kind of die off. But I, it, it seems like a bit of a polarizing performance, and maybe that makes it more interesting. And over time, I'll go back to it and appreciate it more. But where I stand right now, I don't think he should have been nominated at all. Okay, we are we're starting off That's and off the ends again. Oh man, well maybe it's I know a good that. I know that Leonard Bernstein's three children uh, were very happy with the movie. Were they? Really? Yeah. Very happy with his uh, portrayal. Yeah. And I mean, we we would hear about that a lot. And sometimes there would be an ineffective movie, but where the the family was, was pretty happy with it. I mean, 
I think uh, Elvis's family was very happy with the Elvis movie, which was, you know, sections of it were so over the top, but that I, I know, I understand why they would have been happy with Austin Butler's performance, but right. not much else in that one. But anyway, um, well, there's a lot about Maestro and the, but it was, it was surprised me because I didn't have much of an interest in watching it per yeah. se, but there were a lot of elements in it that worked for me too, in terms of, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this more. We, we get the best picture but in terms of the in terms of the filmmaking i enjoyed it's very stylized it is flashy flashy stylized uh and and that's maybe okay i and now i mean almost maybe it's unfair to think that maybe bradley cooper should have found somebody else to play the role but well i also i also think the movie i mean it's a it's not a subtle movie it's a very self-conscious movie but at the same time it's at the same time it is um it takes its time with things it has like you know slow moments and you know moments of him just smoking at the end of a scene and but i think i think in the context of the movie from my standards i think it kind of worked that there was a the character was a little bit over the top okay i also think i run into this a lot on the podcast and or if i'm guessing another podcast your expectations going in can can factor into the overall experience i i think i went in with sky high expectations for this film and this performance and it didn't meet them at all so i was left disappointed you were going in not wanting to see this movie at all kind of like the avatar thing last year right uh the way of water yeah and you were dreading watch watching it and then it ended up being better than you expected. And this was so much worse than I expected. So then I am left kind of disappointed and, and upset about it. You're left with, oh, wow, that was way better than than I imagined. So maybe that's yeah, factoring I into so. our, our thing here. But, you know, I, I this isn't going to, you know, result okay. in a fight. <laughs> it's just we're in different places with this performance. So I was, I was really curious about where you would land on this one. And so interesting right off the bat. Um, Let's go to Coleman Domenigo, uh, who is also in The Color Purple, uh, playing Rustin. And Rustin, uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Apparently he's playing uh, Joe Jackson, Michael Jackson's father in the new uh, Michael Jackson movie. Okay. That they will might not be bad that. casting because Joe Jackson was an over-the-top figure. We were just talking about over-top figure with uh, yes. Winston, and I think – yeah, Coleman Domingo can play big. Yeah, well, for the most part here, I'm giving positive ratings. Coleman, Coleman Domingo, I thought he was good in the color purple as well. Um, yes, Rustin is a good movie. Maybe not a great movie. It's got some. It's, uh, but I, I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy his his performance. I could see. I could see one possibly thinking it's a bit over the top, but he's a but he's a very colorful character. He's got a voice like this. He's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" You know, it's a very. <laughs> it's it feels like the type of role you sign up for because oh, this could be my Oscar nomination, and so this is yeah. my issue. The first two we're talking about is I know, I, yeah, I because I I didn't know much about this story. Again, blame me. But did he really from. expect that? I mean, because I never heard of Coleman. Domingo before. It's not like he's been yeah. Has, well, has he I've been seen in the running face, for Oscar nominations for, for a while? 
I figured it out. He plays a, a role on the, the TV show Euphoria. I haven't watched all of Euphoria. It, I, I find that a show that I can't, I can't binge. I can watch an episode and then I need some time and then okay. and I kind of lose where I was and I go back to it. Um, but he plays uh, the the sponsor for the teenage uh, girl there, um, that Zendaya, plays, who is uh, uh, a drug addict, and uh, and he has some really good. There's an episode which is almost a two hander between them that I think is the best episode I've seen of that show uh, to this point because it had all the over the top high school stuff, which is ridiculous, was 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 taken out of that and it was just pared down, um, which was nice and he. I remember thinking he was very good in it, but I didn't connect him to that until I looked afterwards, like what else has this guy done? And then I saw he was in the color purple. I saw this before I saw the color purple. Okay. I, so I went in the movie and I didn't know the story of Rustin and I kind of, you know, wish I had, because he's an important right. figure in the civil rights movement, and certainly the, uh, the March on Washington. Um, so it's an important story to tell, but I saw the first scene and I was like, oh, there's this one actor and here it was so over the top. Oh, I, hopefully this is just like a side character that will get out of the way. And then it was like, oh no, no, th this is this is the guy who's going to be the anchor for the film. Oh no, we're in trouble. You're, you're not and, giving him a chance here. There are uh, over the top people, and, and he was he are. was a very yeah. like if if this is really how he was, he was it, it's very brave how colorful he was, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will, here's what I'll say. I, I think I okay, didn't I get the, I like, it's a role you take, which could be flashy, but I don't know that anybody necessarily said, oh, we're guaranteed to be heading to the Oscars with this performance. Right. I think he played the character well, and I think it was a big figure and a very like, uh, quick to emotion type of character. So, uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen footage of the actual man to like you can with, with, with Leonard Bernstein to, to do a comparison there but there are moments especially when he is like spoilers for this movie because part of it is also that he is a closeted gay man and uh when that gets out at a time which is very very dangerous obviously first of all he's he's black at a time where you know there's a, a a ton of racism and and people are dying part of a movement where people are dying and on top of it, he's also uh, a gay man. And I, I think when that gets out and we see some of those reactions and, and, and how he deals with it, like the, the serious beats were, were kind of the, the public face goes and then he's a little bit more into himself. I, I think those are the best beats in the movie. That's where we see a few more levels. So I think he actually showed more levels than Bradley Cooper did, but I wasn't finding it to be like something where I was like, oh, I'm excited about this uh, Oscar nomination because I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm real, right. I think there were. It's, it's always a competitive, tough category. And once again, the first two people we're talking about, I don't. I wouldn't have uh, voted for 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 the list of five. I would agree that there yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, they've both been. They both yeah. all the precursors. They've been on the list. I mean, it's been kind of. It's almost been the same five guys. There's been a couple other people that were kind of in the outside that were maybe. Uh, Maybe there's one in particular that I think had a strong chance that we'll talk about later. But yeah, um, yeah I oh I know who you're going to mention. I just kind of w wished I liked this better, and I agree with you. I think the film is a 
Feels like a bit of a paint by numbers biopic. Chris Rock, Chris Rock had a big role in it, and he was a bit disturbed. yeah. He was, he was too Chris Rock. Well, he's trying to be serious. Like it's Chris Rock trying to be serious. I, he he did a kind of a the most painful season of the TV show Fargo. He was the star of, right. um, and it, it didn't work. Like if he can play his a wacky side character, he could do something like in um, Dogma. Then right. then he's a little bit more effective. Um, but if Chris Rock wants to be in this movie to up its prominence, I think you, you go for it, sure. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of distractions along the way. Jeffrey Wright, who he's up against um, in this category, has actually kind of a bit of an interesting uh, character, an interesting role. As, and he was a very, only a few scenes, but very antagonistic towards right. Ruffin. And uh, I, I really... I really like that scene where they're all meeting and, and Jeffrey rightly is about to out Rustin in front of this group of, uh, of leaders of the civil rights movement. And it just kind of uh, gets cut off for a point there. So I kept thinking, wow, Jeffrey Wright is sure good. I'm sure would like to see more of this character and a little bit less of, of everybody else. So yeah, again, I'm not I'm... being very nice to some of these performances, but I, I don't, I don't feel that this had the, the money or I mean the Obamas were producers of this movie they produced a few movies this year they got in the officially into the movie business this year so there was there were some prominent people behind it but I don't feel like this had the advantages that Maestro had so maybe I'm being I'm a little bit more sympathetic here and I, I I've noted he, he did his research and he probably played the role like you know they kind of felt he he should but mm -hmm. I just it didn't connect with me I guess is what I'm saying okay and I think yeah. there, and I think that you are correct that there are stronger performances than, than his in mm -hmm. better movies as well. But I did, but, but it's, I, it's I, good to be the new name, though, a new guy out there and a new voice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm not giving up on the guy because I mean, I, I thought Danny Glover was better in the original Color Purple, as I stated in the last episode, but he was right. fine. Uh, and and I think he 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 does a good job but maybe not a great job in rustin he i think my favorite thing i've seen him in was in particular this one episode of euphoria mm -hmm. and so i feel like like joe jackson actually now that she told me that i'm a i'm a little bit more excited to see this film i don't know I, I'll, I'll go in with tempered expectations because some of these recent m musical biopics have not been uh stellar but i I am curious to see what he does with that role because I think that could be quite a good role for him, and it's going to have his his people will get to know him more and more now. It's, this is like the Danielle Brooks got this Oscar nomination, and I'm hoping this will you know more people will consider her for her for stuff, which will be even more interesting. And that's what I'm hoping here for uh, for Domingo. Uh, Paul Giamatti now um, for the holdovers. What are your thoughts on this? All right. Well, this was a movie I came in with high expectations and I left with, I was very happy. I, well, Paul Giamatti carries a lot of baggage with him. Of, when I say baggage, I mean years of work that I've enjoyed mm -hmm. uh, from him. He's, I, I always enjoy him. And I thought he was great in this. There's the scene where he is talking to the woman. He's, he has interest in her. And then, you know, he thinks things are going well. And then her boyfriend comes in. And you just, like, see that, like, this, just see on his face this, the defeat. Yeah. I've been there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just, you can all relate. 
Yeah, it was. Um, it's a, I, I'm talking about the movie. The Holdovers is a really good movie. It's the. It is the kind of movie I would enjoy. <laughs> if that's not so, if that's an unfair advantage, <laughs> it didn't surprise me. I was like, this looks like a movie I would enjoy, and yes, it was a movie I enjoyed. Um, this was developed with him in mind. I mean, for yeah. for this film project because. Alexander Payne wanted to work with him again after Sideways, which, he, I, which I also lost him losing time. It was 20 years ago, Sideways. And yeah. I, Sideways, I, I, I had some problems with, actually, in a couple of things. Not as much Giamatti's performance, but I love the holdovers. I mean, it, it, to me, it's a much better movie than Sideways is. And a lot of people love Sideways. Okay. But they're apples and oranges. They're completely different material for sure. Yes, I agree. So I am all in on Paul Giamatti. He would have been my winner. I think he is the front runner. But it's unfortunately I know I know you said you don't like it's Maestro. Not, but the front runner is I think it's actually competitive this year, but he won a Golden if, Globe. He, I think he's won something else. Yeah. When I saw Bradley yeah. Cooper, I, I did say I think Brad what I I know you don't like it, but I said, wow, the amount of work that went into that. I don't know. It's it's a it's a hard one. You you you, you can't convince me otherwise. I need to stand my ground. I, I, I actually feel like there's about four people that if if <laughs> if one of the four want one, I I wouldn't could be shocked. I think there's one person that for sure doesn't stand a chance. But we, we just talked about him. I um, yes. I think there's a there's a camp for four of the five guys here, and so it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I think. I hope Paul. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have predicted it at the beginning of the award season, but Paul Giamatti has kind of moved somewhat into the being the front runner, which is great. Like character actors don't really often win the the lead actor award; they might win the supporting actor award. But I mean, he he is solid. Like the stuff, even when he's in something that's kind of bad, he's interesting in it. But this gave him such a a meal, such a role to dig into and play so many wonderful notes. And yeah, I, I did have expectations for the holdovers. Uh, and a guy on my staff, you know, early on, we were talking about all oh, the early movies that might be our favorites of the year. And he said, well, actually the holdovers, you need to see that Jason, because it's my favorite. And I saw it. I, I, I can see why, why people would make a case for it. He is, Perfect. I mean, I, he and he said he has teachers in his family, so he knows right. what that's like. But he's playing an old school teacher in the 1970s. I think the educational philosophies of the 1970s aren't that different from your, you know, 50 years later, mm -hmm. what the educational philosophies are now. And there are some of the old guard teachers that are kind of fighting up against some of these things. And so I get that angle, but I also get how this experience makes him realize again that there's this whole other life and stuff that these kids are going through and, you know, having expectations for them, but not being a barrier to get in their way. Um, and through that relationship there with Dominic Seza, who gives a, a terrific performance in the movie oh, yeah. as well. And I do like how even though at points it's misguided, he is very defensive also of Mary Lamb, especially when when some of the entitled kids treat her like the help early on. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he, he really jumps in there. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just I just love the, you know, the, the whole thing. I mean, he had a great screenplay and a great director to work with and somebody he's worked with before, but it is just an exceptional performances and he makes choices which are really unique. And I will say subtle. I mean, there's some things that are kind of big 
and comedic that happen in the film, but he's a lot more subtle than the first two guys we talked about. And maybe yeah. in my old age, I'm starting, or middle to old age, I'm starting to appreciate subtle performances more than when I was younger. I was really impressed by the over the top and I might've been, wow, Bradley Cooper was so colorful and that was that's a performance to go for, but that's not what I seem to yes. be leaning towards these but days. we have to keep in mind the holdovers, you know, it's a different, it's a different kind of movie than Maestro, different style, sure different it sure pacing. Is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, this is uh, it's based on a book, I believe, but this is, he's playing a fictional character. He's not, he doesn't have the challenge yeah. of having to play a, uh, an actual and, and fairly recent historical figure that people right. would have met and talked to. That, that, that so, so, yeah. so you calm down over there. <laughs> I better, better calm down, but I'm Mr. Diamante I'm there. I'm, I'm just messing yeah. with you, but what did I want to say? Oh, I may have said this before. Uh, the Academy announced they're going to have a casting Oscar. Yes, twenty twenty-five, I think. Year. Yeah, and I That's think a good and I, category. I, I like that better than when they were talking about best popular movie a few years ago oh, and yeah, yeah. some other nonsense that they were going to bring in there to try but, to help movies like Barbie, I guess. Or uh, holdovers. Yeah, holdovers is a great example of great casting. Yeah. Yet I, I kind of, I'm not sure that it would win because there's the three, the three main characters and then it's not an ensemble i think the ensemble movies might like an oppenheimer or a killers of the flower moon might win the casting award if it was happening this year uh, but to cast a uh, a more down-to-earth slice of life movie like this one that's a that, yeah that's tough. i think they they found it the perfect people for this one so i agree with you yeah. I just don't. I, I feel like it's going to be another award for the front runner best picture film. That's what it'll turn into. But it's something that no, I'd like to see stunts. Stunts should be an Academy Award category. Yeah. That would be it's a SAG uh, award. SAGs. They never broadcast it though. I always think it's too bad that they yeah. they announce the nominees, but the the stunt categories are the only ones that don't make the air. But not not my choice. I, I don't produce the show, so. Uh, let's go to Killian Murphy. This should be an interesting conversation uh, playing Oppenheimer and Oppenheimer. So oh, you, no. you made in the last last episode, you made it clear your feelings about Oppenheimer. What about yep. Murphy? Nope. Looked weird. A good Irish boy. Well, looked weird. Um, that was a choice. It's not just because he looks weird. He said he <laughs> modeled it after David Bowie when David Bowie's purposely looking weird. And this was it was too much of this. Too much of this. Yeah. Uh, so this is what you're talking about, like being very over the top and actory in in Oppenheimer. Because uh, I, I don't remember feeling that way about even the, the performances I'm being a little bit harder on from that movie. I, I don't remember it being like Maestro, holy cow, this is the acting Olympics I'm watching right now. Maybe it was three hours of Maestro. I'd, I'd feel the same way as I had enough of this, but there was enough. I thought um, it was, wasn't it two and a half of Maestro? It felt like it. Well, I held in there. Yeah. Oppenheimer was longer. And, um, like, I just didn't... <clears throat> I don't have the time to watch it again. I said, I'm going to try to watch it again, give it another chance. It's going to take all day. Yeah. I, 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 I held in there. Oh. Well, and I, I can't, you know, and I, I just... His performance wore me out hmm. after... There was, maybe, there was maybe a half hour left. If they had ended about a half hour before, he would have been off the hook. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I, I bet you think it's great. <laughs> I, I, I guess, but 
what I'm saying is I'm almost in the opposite place. Like his performance didn't wear me out because I, I feel like, and maybe it's similar to the man himself. We were just talking about a, a big, an actor playing a real, per, a couple of real people that have big personalities. I, I, I found it, if anything, like I was almost surprised that he's getting nominated, but I guess because I kind of thought, well, he'll ride along the wave of the Oppenheimer thing and it'll be, yeah. he's like the fifth nominee type of thing. But I, I, I don't, find his his performance that interesting is my criticism of it um and i i think the the man was like a very cerebral guy and you know obviously a genius and a brilliant man but i don't i'm not sure that he was like he's not a terribly charismatic uh figure to spend this this amount of time with that's where i was happy to have robert downey jr's you know villainous performance to kind of uh counterbalance it right and, yeah, and so, about that. so this one's kind of you know lower end somewhat in the middle for me i okay. i don't think it's a bad nomination but i don't think he was i think there were a lot of other people that were better this year and there are people that are better in this category than he is so i i'm not disagreeing with you but it's just kind of the <laughs> the thing the things that bothered you are not the same the things as the things that bothered me. I thought it was kind of a, the lack of charisma, whereas Bradley Cooper has charisma going out of every pore of his body through uh, <laughs> almost right. too much. It was almost like I needed I needed the two of them to meet and and and, and blend their energies together so that it'd be kind of a, a little bit of a you know a big but slightly more balanced thing between those two in completely different movies biopics okay. both. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're very different. Is there anything else you want to say about him, or you're you're done with? Not really. I mean, good yeah. for him. I I I'm not surprised he got nominated. Mm -hmm. a no, no, I'm not. Movie. And he yeah. he won the Golden Globe for the dramatic category, but and immediately people jumped into, oh, he's gonna he's the favorite now. But then some other precursor awards have happened since then, where you know, if Oppenheimer is going to sweep the awards, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't be shocked if he won, but I would. Be disappointed if you want. Let's put it that way. Let's talk about a better performance. I, I, I'm sure you're agreeing on this based on what you said last time, but Jeffrey Wright in uh, in American Fiction. This was a just Great. a delight. Um, this was the last Best Actor nominee performance I saw. Um, and it, it, it's almost a companion piece to Paul Giamatti in, uh, in The Holdovers. And you'll see that with my right. points. He really has to drive the film. I mean, there's other... There's great writing and other good things happening, but talk about a guy taking a film, and and this is where he he's he he is understated, yet he's charismatic and interesting enough from the first scene without having to participate in the acting Olympics. Right. Jeffrey Wright can can play big. I have seen him play big, sometimes a little bit too big, but there's other times where he's absolutely perfect. He was another guy who was in the Angels in America. Uh, miniseries some years ago and was years fantastic ago. in that. I remember I first discovered him in uh, the the remake of Shaft of all things with Samuel L. Jackson. Right, he played the villain. I think he was playing a, a Puerto Rican character in that. I was just like, this is such an interesting, great villain, and like, who is this guy? And everything I've seen after that has been completely different from that character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you couldn't find a a more different character. Than, uh, than than Monk Ellison in this and and I, I just like how how smart he is 
You know, mm-hmm. the, the actor's smart, but the character's smart. And right. finally, he's he's kind of like Paul Giamatti. He, he's a guy who gets a lot of supporting roles, but here he was given the chance to be the lead and sink in, his teeth into a great role. And he took it and he ran with it. And it is also one of the great performances of the year too. So I, oh, yeah. yeah. So making the, the points are, are, are tough in different ways in this category, but I love it. I, I, I loved American fiction. Yeah. Um, have a little, tro- have a little problem with the ending. Um, yeah. Which we'll get, we'll talk, yeah, talk yeah, we'll get picture, that. I think we'll talk um, about that. But, but yeah, just a great, great performance. In fact, when I saw him in Rustin, I didn't even know it was him. I was <laughs> like, the movie was over. And I was like, where was, where was uh, Jeffrey Wright? I saw him in the credits and I thought, oh, this right. would be interesting because these two guys are probably up against each other at, for best actor at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know it was him. And then I, when he, when he came in, but the fact you didn't recognize no, him. I all, went, I went, I was like, Oh, that was him. And I went back and I was like, well, of course it's him. But yeah. I, I guess it was because it was such a completely different character than he was in American fiction. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. No, which is, which he, is wild. He's an amazing actor and he can disappear, but he disappears in a subtle way because it's not like he has some big, crazy makeup effect or something, which is changing his appearance. It's just, he maybe plays he, different roles, different ways. And uh, either, he's either a great yeah. actor or I have that facial recognition issue. I don't know, but no, I, it, I it could be per, perhaps uh, you, you, you were mistaking Mark Ruffalo for Robert Downey Jr. Uh, in the best supporting actor category or something. Oh no, <laughs> no. They both were in the Marvel Universe, so I don't know. Maybe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Iron Man and Hulk. Maybe you got them confused. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel? We'll, we'll do the points now, and then then we'll yes. see where we land with that. And. Well, I gave uh, the one, two, three, four, five. I get everybody. You know, I did, yeah. it's a ranking. Yeah, bit of a ranking there. I again, I've I've liberally allowed myself ties uh, in the categories we're talking about today, like I I did in the previous episode here, but. Uh, Mr. Bradley Cooper, how many points would you give him? Well, because it's a ranking, I'm giving him three. I changed my my score because I realized there were performances that I liked, that I am rooting for more, and I like better. Better. I did see Bradley Cooper, and I thought that's a that's a strong one. I'm holding to that 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 is a strong one. Okay. But there were some other performances that, as we were going through this assessment, I realized I'm rooting more for those the, those I enjoyed more, and those were. Com- Components of the movie that made the movie great. Okay, yeah, but you said you like this list of five, which is great. It, but it makes it sometimes harder to figure out this point stuff. Yes. Uh, Coleman Domingo two, and then Paul Giamatti five, and Killian Murphy one, and Jeffrey Wright four. So there's slight differences, but we're probably more in line than we have been sometimes. Other than than one nominee, I think. Well, maybe two. Yeah. Sadly, I Bradley Cooper's performance, I, I I just can't stand. I gave it one. It's I would take him off in a in a heartbeat. Coleman Domingo, uh, cheering for the guy, but I don't think this was a nomination worthy performance either. I'd give him a two. Paul Giamatti, as I said, I really love this one. It's a little bit of me cheating, but I giving him four and a half. Killian Murphy was right in the middle for me. Uh, I gave him a three. Jeffrey Wright, I also gave uh, four and a half. So what that does to the overall points, and we'll talk about who we would pick because I obviously I, I points wise I chose a tie for 
for, for the top spot here. So I'll get to that in a moment. But another interesting one, <clears throat> I think we might actually have shed this down to two people. As far as what? As far as our... our... As far as, yeah, because of how it landed. winners? Based on our points, Paul Giamatti would win right. for the holdovers with nine and a half points. And then Jeffrey Wright would be just behind with eight and a half. Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, and Killian Murphy all had four points. So instead of keeping all five, we have to shed some of them. So that three-way tie, those three guys would be knocked out. So we would we would only have the Academy voting on Paul Giamatti and Jeffrey Wright if we were to, to do this, I think. Right. <clears throat> if it was kind of a, a tie between three and four we might keep it as four of the five here but if we if we don't shed then it's not the shelf shedding movie show so how, how can we that's right how can we get away with that so so you based on your points your your pick would be paul giamatti um if you put some that. sort of a weapon to my head between paul giamatti and jeffrey wright i i think i have to go with paul giamatti i agree with you for best actor but I admire yeah. Jeffrey Wright's performance. So that was the tough one. When I saw that, I'm like, this is a tough call between these two guys. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I wish they were almost in separate years so they could each get a, a statue. Um, just because I think they, they're both guys who have been working for quite a while and have not always gotten like the breaks like this in the lead category. And I'd, I'd be happy for either one of them to be awarded. <clears throat> I would love to see... Bradley Cooper win his Oscar at long last at some point, but not for this role, not for this role. It's like, oh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator flashbacks happening or something like that. I mean, it would just horrify me if this was the role that he won his Oscar for. It could still happen. I mean, I think there's still, if they're looking for a category to award Maestro, it, it, it might be this one. And anyway, that would... that would bother me. Anyway, so that's how that would land. Uh, do you have any... Buddy, that you kind of wish was in the category, I, I have a few here. Well, it wasn't going to happen, but Joaquin Phoenix in Bo is Afraid, which is a, yeah. such a weird, real movie. I did not see Napoleon, so I don't know how he was in that. Uh, but he does, he gives a great performance in this dis disturbing movie. Yeah, I still um, haven't seen it. And I haven't seen that. Okay. I know he was up for a Globe Award for it. I've heard such that's I'm talking about a polarizing movie. I just heard some people that despise it, but that's there's other people watch. who really love it. So I, I did like it. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I think it's on Paramount Plus, so I, I should check it out. Um, I I think you're going to pick, and I I think I'll go along with this is uh Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, in um, I, mm -hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, it's as strong a performance as any other performance he's given. I. I, I think I, I feel like this is one of the things where like he he just doesn't especially when, we're, when he works with Scorsese but he just he never really phones it in I mean I think he just is a, a safe bet he's consistently one of the best actors around I I've talked over the years about how many times I would have voted for him for best actor I, I think the Academy's kind of feeling like he's been nominated a lot he's been awarded and yeah. it's time to you know go with some other some other people i thought for sure early on and when i saw the movie that he would be up for best actor i but i i kind of get it because there were these other movements and trying to get different voices and different people in this category and the criticisms of killers of the flower moon not necessarily the criticism that i share is that the movie became a little bit too much about this uh dumb guy um that he's playing and less about where it should have been directed and a few people debate where 
it should have been focused a little bit more. Yeah. A lot of people want to see more of uh, the the Jesse Plemons uh, FBI angle of of the story, which is apparently pretty prominent in the novel um, or nonfiction book that yeah. it's based on. But yeah, I, I I I would have preferred obviously DiCaprio over certainly three of these nominees. So. Did you like? Did we ever talk about? And this would be a supporting actor, but did we ever talk about Brendan Fraser's role in that movie? Oh, we did Dumb boy, oh. listen to oh, me. That that is Dumb that boy. is the Achilles' heel of Killers of the Flower Moon <laughs> is Brendan Fraser's scenes. Oh, but I don't know. I was ready. I I, I he didn't have the heart to. Tell him that he needed to tone it down. I don't know what he's doing. I don't like he. He, he belonged well, as, in Maestro. I mean, I think that's how, how that should have gone. You oh, know? how dare you! I. <laughs> um, well, as my friend David Rosen says, he's got a podcast as well. Um, he says that Brendan Fraser understood the assignment. Interesting. <laughs> mm. mm. I didn't mind it. I know he was I, screaming as soon as, as soon yeah. he comes on the screen. He's. Oh. Yeah, he, he's screaming. He, I had to uh, turn down he, the like me last time, I I had too much caffeine. He probably had too ca too much caffeine before his takes. But yeah, <laughs> he's trying to outact people who are. I don't know. I don't know if he's trying. He's trying to make an impression. But it made me kind of embarrassed that he won Best Actor for The Whale because it diminished how good that performance was uh, last year. So yeah. Well, in, anyway, yeah. No, I wouldn't be. Putting him in like the regrets in the supporting actor category. <laughs> no, no. In fact, I have almost blocked that performance out. But thank you for reminding me about the biggest weakness in a film I quite love. So you know, it's, it's well, he did his best to get himself to make his mark. So I, he must have done a lot of work to block him out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't think he needed to work that hard to to make his mark. I think he had a. He had a decent role, and if he had just done his his job, then it would have been fine. But anyway, I get a little bit in the courtroom scenes. Yeah. The scenes where he's not in the courtroom don't make as much sense. Why he's he, he, like he he? I don't think he's a very good actor. I mean, I think it, it, or he needs Aww. somebody to work with him to get a great performance because he's he's capable of giving a good good to great performance. And I don't, because he had a lot of time in that room with Darren Aronofsky. Maybe that's why he was able to get him a little bit more focused in The Whale. But well, it was too big, busy, too crowded, the scenes he was in, and killers for Scorsese to have uh, some one-on-one -on -one time with him. But he just let him do what he wanted, I guess. Well, Brad, uh, if you're listening, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 wish, I, I wish I could get behind you more than I, I could. And, I mean, I wasn't. If anything, it was a wake the up. Whale you know? great, and he was great in the whale, so we'll have that. To... If anything, it was a wake up. I know we don't want to make a whole episode about this, but you know, you're you're in there for like three hours, then he comes on about the three hour point, wakes you up. It's like, oh, okay, I'm up for. No. I guess uh, I got to wake you up for the next half. Depends hour. on how engaged you were in the movie. I, I was pretty engaged. I did. I, I was. I was. Up, so, yeah. <laughs> did you have any others that you wanted to mention for lead actor? Well, I was going to um, could mention the gentleman in past lives. Um, let me see if I can yeah. pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah he's good. T-O-U? Yeah, I think so. He's up to, yeah. I think BAFTA nominated him for, yes. for Best Actor. Yeah. So I did enjoy everybody in that movie. We could go. Yeah. Geez, I know. The Stranger Who Played... <laughs> I don't know. The Stranger Who Played 
the woman's husband was was pretty good. Not an Oscar performance, but mm-hmm. that would have been he wouldn't be best actor anyway. But anyway, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. I, I had a couple other in mind to mention. Yeah, I, I had DiCaprio predictably on here, but mm-hmm. um, I'll start off with with one that I, would be kind of a nomination for me, not not a win, but then I'll mention the person who I think is better than all five of the nominees. Yeah, so I would have liked to see Michael Fassbender in for The Killer. Uh, Netflix movie, it's a quick, kind of rough film noir. Um, he, just a fantastic David Fincher film. Andrew Kevin Walker wrote the screenplay for it. And it's, you know, this assassin, and as, as he's on this job, he's narrating his routine and his process and then when certain actions happen things change and then it becomes a little bit of a unique revenge film but it still surprises you but he it's almost a one-man show it's not completely he has a really a few scenes with tilda a long scene with tilda swinton at one point and a few other actors but he he's i've always liked that actor and he was really 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 good in it and uh the killer is one of my favorite movies of the year Kind of wasn't an academy type of a movie i guess but i i think it i just i love what he did beginning to end in that film it's uh it's it's really unique and again it's a bit of a different performance from the other stuff he's done uh but the performance that impressed me and this is kind of on the level of emma stone the risk that she took in poor things barry keegan who we talked about last year is in a movie called Saltburn. Saltburn is uh, such a unique but off-putting movie about this young guy who's in Oxford on a scholarship, and he's a he, he's an outsider, and he sees this really popular rich guy, and he ends up through a ser- series of events befriending him. But he, it's kind of a mix of is is he in love with this guy, or does he want to be like this guy? There are about four or five things that Barry Keegan does in this movie, which I'm not sure I could ever ask any actor to do. Um, but he does em- Emerald Fennell, who her debut film, Promising Young Woman, was my favorite film of that particular year. Came in just with this is just, I, I didn't know what to expect. And it was an unforgettable film. Right. Barry-, Barry Keegan, from beginning to end, was riveting. And this is such a, a unique complex character i think he's not maybe the most always the most likable of characters he's not as likable as some of the people characters that we see who made the cut in this category but i absolutely think he should have won not only be nominated but have, have won best actor this year it was such a brave risk-taking performance and we were kind of talking so there were a lot of people that were fans of him um last year in the banshees of Inish Aaron. And I thought they those voters might kind of see, oh, look, he's he gets to be the lead guy in this one, and look what this guy can do, and that might carry him through. He was up for some per- precursor awards, but not uh, not right. lead actor. So unfortunately, yeah. I have not seen it. I yeah. shirked my responsibilities on this. Well, podcast. no, I, I this was part of my um, Facebook chat about the Bradley Cooper thing. I put him in and said like his performance is way better than Bradley Cooper's and all these people came after me and said oh it's disgusting it's off-putting it'll never happen it's oh it's I didn't see this sickening movie and really um, this is discussion that, that performance, whatever. but then there are others who came in defending it and said oh that'd be great he's he's more so I think it's a very polarizing film it's a polarizing 
performance, but I, okay. for me, uh, it, you know, I, I think there's points where it's subtle, but there's points where it's big, but it's a happy balance. It's not the cartoon show that Bradley Cooper puts on in Maestro's. Wow. You got to let that go over there. Um, <laughs> or you bring up Jamie Lee Curtis again. <laughs> Just in case, you have to keep, you have to keep mentioning it every like a uh, couple minutes in case somebody tuned in late or something. <laughs> they could catch it. But you didn't like Bradley Cooper. Yes, well, live broadcast. I'd be concerned about that. But Bradley yeah. Cooper will not. Yeah. Be anyway, so that, that, that's one I, I, I kind of am not surprised, but I also would have made sense to me if he had made the uh, the cut as well too. Yeah, he's, he's not up for a SAG award either. Or else I would have. No, he he isn't. He was up for the Globe Awards and the BAFTA, I believe. Well, anyway, I so that should put to bed best uh, best actor. All right, so we're going to take a look at best actress in a leading role. The nominees are Annette Bening as Diana Nyad in Nyad, Lily Gladstone as Molly Burkhart in Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller as Sandra in Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan as Felicia Montalegro in Maestro. And Emma Stone as Bella Baxter in Four Things. Starting with Annette Benning in Nyad, and so we we talked about Jodie Foster before on the last episode. I think, as I said, this was the flashier of the two roles. Um, Diana Nystad was just hell bent on this, accomplishing this Cuba to, to Miami Beach uh, swim, and did all the planning and and had accomplished quite a bit at quite a young age too, but. Uh, was not able to do this and then decided as an older woman to uh, to try it again, which seemed like almost a death wish. And we watched several times through this journey of her trying to do this. I, I think Benning does a, a, plays the, the role well. I do feel like she kind of hits a certain note and plays that note for the rest of the film. And it's an effective enough note, but I I didn't find her performance as compelling as Jodie Foster's, who has to react to again, it's like reacting to the genius, reacting to this charismatic athlete. But you see all of the suffering and all of the pain, but even more the psychological pain every time she fails to do this, gets back up and oh, here's a plan to do it again. There's there's some something I think this is why it became such a, a prominent story about how hellbent she was in, in in doing this, but at the risk of being, you know, disrespectful to everybody else in her life. So I don't know if it's the most likable character, but it's an interesting character. And so what, what are your thoughts on, on Benning's performance? Yeah, it's a, it's a selfish character in a lot of mm -hmm. ways, but she also, she comes around and does give credit to the people around her. Um, it seemed like when they did... This is one of those movies where at the like the end of the movie, actually, I think throughout the movie, they showed the real Diana. Yeah, Nyad. yeah, they had actual footage Diana. cut in yeah. with the, the the shot footage. Yes. Yeah, and it matched up well. You can see her performance was seemed to be pretty accurate in terms of you know who she was. You could get away with kind of uh, you get the voice, you get the physicality down, mm -hmm. and and then let the screenplay kind of do the rest of the work. There. Yeah, and there's um, also the physical aspect. Other people as much. You're affected by the elements that you encounter in the swim. And I mean, there was a lot of work for Benning, I guess, to have to. Yeah. She she was swimming actually with Nyad and trying to train in that way to to get to you know where she could duplicate that. So I think it was oh, a yeah. physically yeah. challenging role for sure. 
Yeah, um, she definitely put the work in. Yeah, in this role, and I well, I, I admire that as well. I I think we're in a good place at the lead actress category. I think I even said this last year. There are much better leading roles for women than there have ever been, probably in the history of cinema. That's become so competitive now. It used to be, you know, there would be one or two really amazing, and then there'd be people competing for the other three. I think we probably could have come up with a list of close to 10 amazing lead actress performances this year. And it's very difficult to judge. So Benning is, is great. I think there were better performances though, yeah. um, but she was in a really crowded, interesting mix of people. She's always to me been not this year as much because I think she's far from being anywhere close to the front runner. She's always been the runner up. Like she would win Golden Globes or she would win the odd SAG award, but she wouldn't be the person for that particular year to win best actress. And like the most obvious example, as I said in the last episode was when she lost for American beauty, which was a more prominent movie than boys don't cry, but the Academy made the right decision because Hillary Swank was just unbelievable in boys don't cry, but she's always been that close, but not quite there to win. And so I'm, I'm happy that she's still working and she can still get, give a performance to, to this level. I'm just, I would love to see a day like like with Bradley Cooper, a lot of these people who have never won, the day when she could win the Oscar because she's been so close mm-hmm. at other times. She won't win this year either. No, 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 no chance. No chance. But I get, think the nomination is the reward because I don't think this was a guaranteed nomination. No. It was a very crowded field. So. There's always a chance. There's always, there's always a chance if you're on the ballot. Anything else you want to say about this one before we move on to the next? No, I think that's it. I love Lily Gladstone, Molly Burkhardt in Killers of the Flower Moon. What are your thoughts on this performance? I never saw her in anything before, but she has been in things. I looked her up. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen her in anything before, but I, uh, yes, well, I, I like we said, I did enjoy the movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. And what would I have to say, particularly about her performance? I it, it worked it worked very well. It worked very well within the movie, and um, I give her performance high marks. I don't know what else to say about it. it. Worked for me. Yeah, I think it did more than work for me. I mean, yeah, this was. I almost will get emotional about this one too. I okay. just um, well, this was this is also a movie that I important yeah performance. I mean, I know it has all of the other historical and cultural significance, right. but that's not always something that will lead me to vote for somebody. She jumps in with Martin Scorsese, arguably the greatest filmmaker in the history of cinema. Leonardo DiCaprio, the greatest actor of his generation. Robert De Niro, the greatest actor of a previous generation. And somehow she steals the whole movie. Her arc and what happens to her and such a strong, powerful, confident, prominent woman at the beginning and how the events of the film wear her down and lead her to be bedridden for a great chunk of the film. And she still has such power in her performance. And then what happens kind of in the third act and towards the end, especially that key scene, which I don't want to spoil for those who haven't seen it, but that key scene in, in the courthouse with, with DiCaprio towards the end, it is as close to perfection as you can get. It's okay. likely my favorite performance of the year. And if we had one actor I wanted to give an Oscar to this year, we can only pick one, it would be Lily Gladstone. 
I am an enormous fan of this performance. I look forward to what she does next. I hope it's not a flash in the pan. I hope it's she gets. Not. What is she doing? She's she's working with Charlie Kaufman, I think. Next. Okay, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah that'll be very interesting. Now so. you are you just you articulate this articulate this very well. All I said is it worked for me, but I did see this movie um, a little while ago, maybe three weeks ago, something like that. Four, I don't know. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean I I I as I said, it was very strong and um she did she 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 held her own, yes, amongst yes. I'm, I'm a bit nervous that she is going to lose out to a movie star. Because she's not a movie star yet. Right. Her profile is, is is a breakout role and is giving a lot of attention and gained a lot of attention from from when it first came out. Uh, a lot of people thought it was brave to go into the lead category and not the supporting category. Um, it didn't work for Michelle Williams last year uh, for the Fablemans, right? Um, but this is a completely different performance. I mean, there's so much subtlety and, and, and so much strength, um, but also so much pain and it's, it's so much in her face and, and the physicality, but also, there is a, a real heartfelt but complicated romance with DiCaprio in this movie that yeah, works definitely. so well. The first time they meet each other and when he he first uh, comes over to her her house, like they were big, the big mansion, and they have that, that conversation in the dining room table and and he's put he's flirting and he's putting on the charms for her. And then she kind of like laughs and smiles, and she has this this moment where, you know, she's she's acting kind of tough, but then you see it's working a little bit. Very yeah. subtle, yeah. well written, well performed. I am just an enormous champion of this performance. I I I, I do think I, if she doesn't win, I, I I will I'll feel a little bit sad. Actually, it might color my my evening a little bit. Um, but I, I think it's and and I'm going to say a lot of nice things about I think her main competition in a few moments. But this is this was a, a big one for me. So um, I I'm glad you don't hate it. <laughs> I don't. I liked it no, very much, no, and I hope no. I I, I like it more than you do. I think, but still, that's that's okay. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I like it. We have Sandra Holler as Sandra in Anatomy of the, of a Fall. I think any ordinary year, I would be like, this is the winner for sure. Uh, she has to take a big chunk of Anatomy of the Fall. Like, I mean, it's it's a and that's another long film. Interesting. She's a German actor. Um, the the film set in France. Uh, she has to speak some French, some German. Uh, a lot of it is in English as well. Uh, and, so a bit less than half of it, but there's these courtroom scenes where she has to, you know, she has to play the idea that she she cannot speak the French language that well. She knows enough, but she can communicate a little bit, but not as well as she can in English or German. And so there's that dynamic. Plus, she's, you know, she's lost her husband under these suspicious circumstances. She's She's been arrested for it. She has her son who is visually impaired. And her son doesn't exactly know what to think of what happens. And and it feels like the, the entire world is collapsing for her. But she is a strong, independent woman. She's a very successful writer, as we established in the early scene. 
Um, I think there's a lot of tricky things to balance. And uh, yeah. I, I'd say I, I mentioned her as a runner-up for supporting actress for the zone of interest. I think she does a great job of playing these very earnest, very truthful, but perhaps morally ambiguous, ambiguous characters. There's some stuff that's kind of North American morality that you think some people would feel shame for. And this character is, is strong and will not, you know, apologize or feel shame for the things that she has done, which might be viewed as incriminating her. So I, I think that's, that I hadn't heard of this actor before this year, but the two films I've seen this year, I'm, I'm very impressed and excited to see more stuff by Sandra Haller. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I really, again, I'm going to be saying I, I, I respect and love all five of these performances. This is, right. this is my artist category. Uh, but I, I, I really do even the, it might not come across it with the points distribution, but I really do love this performance. Okay. Uh, what do you mean by North American morality? Well, I think the idea experience. that, oh, she, um, she, she should feel bad for her husband and his troubles that, uh, she should be, um, oh, okay. you know, the, the, the affairs and the adultery, she should feel more guilty over those pieces that as those get revealed in there, like, um, and that she should be apologizing for her success. And, you know, I, I, I think she's, she's just states the facts. This is how it was at the time. And we did love each other. And it's maybe not coming across because you played this one snip of this, this argument from our lives, but we did right. love each other, but we aren't perfect people. You know, I, I, I felt like there's a little bit more of um, a European that things are a little bit more fluid. Uh, okay. To it, um, versus, I think it would be easy for some North American audiences to watch this film and absolutely despise this woman and see her as an outright villain. I oh. she could be a villain. Well, okay. But she could also be an unfortunate victim of of the circumstances of what happened that day at the beginning of the film. So yeah. Well, I I I think this this is so this movie I watched. Uh, pretty recently. This is the most yeah. recent one I watched. And so I believe the movie is still sinking in on me. Yeah. Because there's a lot to Anatomy of the Fall, there's a lot to it unpack. Is. But yeah. that's the thing about her performance is that you're watching her performance as the viewer and you're trying to figure out, at least I was, trying to figure out what happened. Like, did she... Did she do this? Didn't she do this? Is it sort of, is it kind of a combination of things that happened? You know, what is she lying? Because some at some point it seems like she was lying, you yeah. know, because what she was saying on the stand wasn't quite matching what the recording was. Yeah. <clears throat> I also want to know why, why he was re recording it. I haven't figured that one out, but that's for another, that's another discussion. Like that um, trust, they obviously didn't have trust in their marriage. But but this no, idea but, that maybe he was trying to work on some material so that he could write a bestseller book and you know get the attention that his yeah that's kind of what they said I that doesn't hold that doesn't seem like I'm not sure it's true water. yeah but it, that's the thing it's like it's this whole movie but but a lot of it is is her performance watching her watching her on the stand yeah. watching her um, yeah. watching how d does she feel. Is there something she feels remorse for? And then what does she feel remorse for? Because she took an active part in what happened or because maybe what she was doing led to this. And so it was very complex and I haven't even digested everything yet. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then the movie leaves you with sort of because I was I was I was all in on this on this movie and the performances, and I was like, oh, uh huh, you know, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and yeah. I think, and I, I also the answers. You're not going to get it from this movie. No, yet. and I, and I think that. Um, well, I could go on a little sideline, I guess. One analysis that I read of the movie said that, um, uh, well, okay, so spoiler. Uh, he couldn't have jumped out the window, and she couldn't have pushed him out the window. If they said they said logistically, it doesn't it it neither one really works as a mm -hmm. theory. So neither thing could have happened. Which means that the filmmakers are just like they're presenting they're presenting an argument that nobody can win. Mm -hmm. um, that was somebody's theory. I don't know. I forget who wrote this, so I can't give credit. But I, I didn't. I didn't come up with that. But no, I would give her high marks for that for driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can give Bradley, Bradley Cooper for driving me crazy too. But uh, well, there you go. Those those two could team up in a movie, and we we could all jump out the window and figure out who did it. <laughs> I'm in. I'll finance that. Yeah, I'll put my I'll put my uh, GoFundMe uh, contribution in there. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So I'll tell you, that's 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 a tough. Well, one. I I think you like the performance, but. I did, and I and I did like the movie, but I just can't. I just, I'm not satisfied. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever be satisfied, and that's the case with some. It's like life, actually. I need this, to be. This movie's a little bit more it's like a life. Movie? Can I get satisfaction out of a movie? <laughs> Is that too much to ask? Well, there's lots for. of movies you get satisfaction with. This one will uh, make you think. Yeah. At least it. Nyad. It make you think. At least Nyad, she swam and she reached Florida. Woo. Yeah. I didn't even appreciate that until I saw this anatomy of a fall. I was like, anatomy of a fall in Florida, you know. Have um, a big beach party. Yeah. Okay. Something. Yeah. To have that for your consideration scene, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Now we're on to, uh, this, will, this will be interesting. I think Carrie Mulligan in Maestro. I'll start, start with your thoughts. I don't know. I thought, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I did. I I thought she was very good. I don't. What what else have we? What else have we uh, seen her in? In She's education, a, promising young woman. Vacation? I think she should have won the Oscar for both of those. Promising um, young woman. What, yeah. what was what? what, in what, what education. Was oh, an in education. education. Yeah. Yeah, that was a problematic movie. Yeah, yeah. She actually she has a role in Saltburn as well. But I'm trying to think oh, she of does. Some other um. I think she was in the movie Brothers some years ago with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire. Okay, she, well, she's, she's been in a lot of stuff uh, over the years. Uh, Never Let Me Go. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. That from her and Andrew Garfield, and yeah, hmm. okay. he's good. I enjoyed her performance. I thought it, it worked well. My my memory of her performance is she supported the movie well. She supported. She supported. Obviously, said as we have agreed that. Um, Bradley Cooper was over the top, so she had to absorb that and support that. And then the movie goes into the Oscar territory of her getting ill. Mm -hmm. As I and, guess the woman did in real life too. So, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I understand. <clears throat> um, and that's that. I felt I. It was another. It was a 
performance that I enjoyed. I was kind of relieved that she got nominated. Okay. Because I wasn't, this was another one where I thought she might be left off and Cooper will get in because Carrie Mulligan to me is the reason to see Maestro and the reason that my thumb is up mildly on the, the movie because her character is so much more interesting and her and her journey as you know this performer and then she becomes the long suffering wife and, and and mother to this genius's children and we've seen this type of role before but the other other layer is that again uh she herself i believe is a heterosexual woman but she's married a man who i, I might even say it like i again i I hate to find a label for it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with bisexual, I guess. But it seems like there's more of a drive as portrayed in the movie um, for he had more of an interest in men than he had mm-hmm. in women. It was just this one woman. And I don't know if it was because she could handle being married to him and she would produce the, the, the children for him. You know, things were still in the closet, so it's kind of like the keeping up appearances. He can bring his wife to parties, but then he goes off with these other young men and cheats on her, and, and after a while that just gets to be a lot for her. And then her reward is at the end she gets um, you know terminal cancer. I think she plays every moment so well. I, I know we've had a lot of films with, uh, you know, where cancer... Uh, comes in and we're seeing somebody battling cancer. I I feel like those scenes are so well done. I mean, it seems like a a balance between like she's trying, these people are coming to see her, uh, but there's having these awkward conversations because they know that she's not doing well Mm -hmm. and she's trying to use all her strength to put on a brave face, but then she gets angry and then she cries and she has to play all of that sometimes in, in, in the same scene. And there isn't a false note in that. And I, I, again, I think this is another one where if it was another year, I'd be saying, yes, Carrie Mulligan should win best actress for, for Maestro. And I'm a fan. I've been a fan since in education. Um, I thought definitely she should have beaten Sandra Bullock who won for the blind side when she uh, was nominated for an education. Um, I really love Frances McDormand in Nomadland, but she definitely should have won for Promising Young Woman um, back in uh, 2020. So here's another example of why when she came out in an education, I said, this is the next Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. which to me is the highest praise I could give a young British actor. And now she's, you know, whatever it is, 10, more than 10 years since that film came out. And she's been as good as advertised, if not better. I think you could, you might not recognize her if you see Saltburn. It's a completely different okay. performance and character here. So she, she's a bit of a chameleon in that way. And, and she can play an American very well. She can obviously play somebody who's British. I, 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 the age difference, she played that well. She was subtle enough about it. And it's not easy to be, um, to be the more down-to-earth character next to the more the bigger character and i think like that would have been the challenge in for the, these real people in, in in the real story here so this is a performance i absolutely love and because i i before she came in and before we got into the certain events i thought 
wow, Maestro might be one of the worst front runners I've ever heard of uh, at this stage for the Academy Awards. And suddenly I softened on it and it's all credit to her, no credit, sadly, to Bradley Cooper, even though he directed her and co-wrote the role for her. But she okay. is so good. And uh, I love this performance. So Okay. Well, it's good he had her in the movie. And you, and you were fine with her. Yes. Yes. You like everybody in this category, as do I. So I think I do. Yeah. I like this. But now we're going to get into Emma Stone in Poor Things. And so, like, I already made it clear, Lily Gladstone just blew me away in Killers of the Flower Moon. And I didn't know what to expect from Poor Things. We talked about this before. Yeah. It, there was a bulldog chicken. So to me, she she let it all out in this, and there were no I had no idea that Emma Stone could play because I she's played a lot of like the girl next doors. There's been the attempt to play kind of edgier roles at points, like she played Michael Keaton's drug addicted daughter in Birdman, if you remember that. Some, oh. You know, that was the first time she was got a nomination. Okay. She won the Oscar for La La Land. I think she was quite good in La La Land. It wasn't. My, my choice there to for her to, to win, but I think she was a good runner-up that year. But that seemed like the type of role that's an Emma Stone role. Like, she kind of, but fortunately for her, she didn't have, like, the 15-year streak that Sandra Bullock had of rom-coms where that people thought that's all she could do. And then they were suddenly impressed when she did a half-dramatic role in a, in the film. She's hinted at this before, but, and, and she, you know, was part of the producing team and she found the director she worked with before on the favorite uh, to to do this, put this together. She has a big part in it, and it is so funny. And it's such a weird, dark, unusual performance. And when we first see her after you know her original character has committed suicide, but then we see her the regenerated uh, uh, version of her, and she's Bella, and she's this basically this two-year-old and she pees on the floor and and she says all these inappropriate things. And that energy just continues through the whole thing. And she goes on like almost a, an X-rated Forrest Gump type of journey through mm -hmm. Europe with Mark yeah. Ruffalo yeah. and comes back uh, still like kind of a changed person um, and a super intelligent and caring person. Um, that whole thing, every note of it is is fantastic. I, again, I kind of wish that Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone were in separate years, because yeah, okay. I would most years I would be saying yes, give Emma Stone a deserving second Oscar in this category, uh, and I think she has a good chance at winning it too. If we go back to like the Academy, doesn't always like Scorsese oh, reason they'll give him tons of nominations, but they won't give him any awards. I, I think she could win, and, and she's better known than Lily Gladstone, I guess. And because people might have been really surprised at this performance and how how she she bears all and she has no inhibitions whatsoever in this, this, this performance, she might win. As I said a few moments ago, I'll be disappointed if anybody besides Lily Gladstone wins. Mm -hmm. If anybody but... Her or Emma Stone. If Emma Stone wins, I'll understand it at least. I'll still be disappointed, but I'll understand it. Right. If it's not one of those two, then I'll be furious. But, you know. Um, well, 
Emma Stone, I believe, is the front runner on this. So I, I feel like she is. Yeah, I feel like she is. I think Lily Gladstone originally was the front runner, but that was before people. Poor Things was a limited release. It was kind of it took a little while for people to, to to end up seeing it, and so that's probably what I need to prepare myself for. In any ordinary year, hands down, this would be my vote. I said this for for most of the nominees here for four of them, and she's so good. I, it breaks my heart yeah, that no. I can't fully embrace this as the only person who should win because they were probably the the one and two best performances in in movies this year, and yeah. they're in the same category, which sometimes happens, which sucks. Okay, well at least they were nominated. At least we yeah, got this far. Uh, but no, super. Yeah, edgewise about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a super brave performance. She's got like love scene after love scene, love scene, all these different contexts. And then the yeah, the the idea of her being like having a having a child mind. She had a baby brain. Yes. It was her baby. They they put the her baby's yes, brain they, in her head. Her baby's brain was put into her. Yes. Yeah, and and then she's discovering her sexuality. And I know somebody I know on Facebook said, you know, everybody talks about Barbie being this big feminist movie. They said, poor things. That's the feminist movie. It is. It is. Yeah, and she's yeah. working at a brothel because she's like, oh, this is great. I like to sex. Let's 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 do this. <laughs> And then she's and then she's kind of standing up for her, you know, the feminism in the brothel. She's like, the men shouldn't be making the choice; the women should be making the choice who they're with in the brothel. Yeah. So, and then to see that she was very much in control of her role as the producer as well. It's mm -hmm. like she didn't, she didn't obviously take the role. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to take a role. This is something that she wanted yeah. to do. It's like it's like wow. It's a, it really is a, it's a as I said, it's a super brave performance from beginning to end. I feel like it because it changes her image completely from the girl next door yeah. into, you know, there's other people who could have played the role um, and we'd be like, oh, okay, this is what we would expect from them. But I don't think people expected this, this character, right. this performance from Emma Stone. So my respect level for her went super high after yeah. watching four things. I respected her enough, but not to this level. And it's, and she's so key to that movie being successful. If that performance did not work, I think the entire thing would have tanked. Right. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so uh, are you ready to take a look at the points? I think so. Yes, I think I'm good. Okay. So we'll start off where we start off. Annette Benning in Nyad. Um, well, like I said, I like everybody here, but so this is a, a hard ranking to do. But uh, she's she's a one. Lily Gladstone. Uh, four. Sandra Holler. Two. And Carrie Mulligan. Three. And Emma Stone. Uh, she got a five. All right, we're 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 very much aligned. It's one slight difference, obviously. You probably predict where it would be, but yeah, Annette Benning, love her. She's the only one I would say for sure wouldn't have been necessarily a, a winner in other years. I mean, maybe close to a runner-up type of thing, but yeah, the other four are just so much stronger. So no disrespect to her, but at one point, uh, I would give her. Lily Gladstone is my my vote, hands down. So it was a five there. Sandra Holler, love that performance, but it got a kind of a fourth place for me. I gave it two points. Carrie Mulligan in the middle, but I think such a strong in the middle. This isn't like Killian Murphy in the middle for me. This is an amazing performance. Um, it kind of, I, I dare say, an underrated performance, even though she has gotten an Oscar nomination for it. But um, three points there. And then Emma Stone, I... 
sadly gave four points to. I would. I, I just didn't think I could do four and a half, four and a half on this one. It just wasn't. Gladstone was just too powerful, too important a, a, a performance. Emma Stone's is colorful and fun and darkly comedic and unique, but I, I don't think it's as historically significant. Um, and there are just some some notes that Gladstone plays that are just not easy to get to and have a, a little bit of a subtle lead to it. It's not a subtle performance, but it's such an entertaining performance from Emma Stone. So it was close. So we would actually, we're the only two, we have a tie for best actress between okay. those two uh, wonderful women. Um, and then after that, the, the other person who would make the cut would be Carrie Mulligan in third place with uh, six points for Maestro. Four points for Sandra Huller in Anatomy of the Fall and two points for Annette Benning in Nyad. So we would shed it down to Lily Gladstone, Carrie Mulligan, and Emma Stone. And obviously your vote's Emma Stone. Mine is Lily Gladstone. So. All right. Okay. Uh, for lack of a better term, snubs at this point. Um, and I, I think you know it's just such a strong category. I get why these five were nominated, but maybe there are some other people I think that could have made the cut. There's a very obvious popular one, which we can talk about, but uh, who did you have down? Well, I'm going to go with Greta Lee from Fast Lives. Yeah, I had on my list as well, too. That A tough performance, a tough performance, a grounded performance. We, we see, we managed to see the world through both her eyes as well as, um, you know, this, this boyhood crush from Korea. And when they connect together and, each act of the film is 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 so strong, but she does a like a great job of handling a very very volatile and uncomfortable situation. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I kind of wish that there had been room for her, but I I knew it would be a little bit too under the radar, maybe a little bit too subtle to be able to make the the cut. But that's yeah, I I think past lives doesn't. I think we, we both will be, when we talk about Best Picture, agreeing that that movie works so well. And yeah. it's another situation where I, if you didn't have Greta Lee in there, that movie may not have worked as well. Or that character might have come across in completely the wrong way. You know, it's yeah. kind of a manipulative or not, you know, not very kind. Like, she comes across as very kind and, like, she she cares about and feel something for this young man from two lifetimes ago. But now she's, this is where she is in the right. life that she leads and the choices she's made. So it's, it's a brilliant performance. I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're in agreement on that one. Did you have uh, anybody else? No, I don't. Can't think of anyone else here. I mean, I, I, I did enjoy, I talked about the movie, before you hurt my feelings, that's the name of the movie. So I yep. did enjoy Julie Louise Dreyfus. I've discussed this before, where I thought mm -hmm. her performance was—it's you know she's seamless performer. It's like you can't see the work, I yeah. don't think, but she's obviously doing the work. I don't yeah. expect that to be—I wouldn't expect that to be an Oscar-nominated performance, but I, I did think I enjoyed it. I think. Comedic actors sometimes don't get as much of a chance. They really have to do something. I don't know what to, to, to get there, but um, there. I'm, I'm happy this year there's some comedic performances, even though they're comedies of serious themes. 
that didn't right. make the cut, and some of them might actually, you know, if if Giamatti and and Stone won, that would be two two comedic performances and lead actor and lead actress. And I'm not sure we last time we had that was maybe as good as it gets winning uh, best actor and actress way back in night for the 1997 movie year or 1998 ceremony. So I, I would like to I'll mention Margot Robbie because there are people up in arms that she did not get a best actress nomination. I think she does a great job of playing Barbie. Uh, I think she did an even better job of producing the Barbie movie and finding all of the right people to get this this going. But I, Barbie's kind of like, once she hit, hit a certain note in it, and things change for her, and there's some other things that she has to play along the way, but I think it was well within her capabilities as an actor. I, I was a fan of her in Babylon last year, which is a completely opposite character to this role in Barbie. And then I, I loved her in, um, you know, I, I think she did a good job in the, the Tonya Harding movie some years ago and yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then she was she was really great. And I actually thought I would have voted for her a few years ago in that the movie about the Fox News uh, sexual harassment scandal. Um, oh, yes. That her and Charlie Theron were in. Um, the title's escaping me right now, but so I, I'm always excited now. Like she's on that list of I must watch whatever she's in. But I wasn't as surprised that she didn't make the cut for Best Actress as as society was, I guess, because a lot of them haven't seen the five who made the cut and some of the other you know lesser known performances. It's a crowded field, lead actress, and I I think. They ultimately made the right decision. There could be an argument maybe she does a better job than Annette Benning in, in Nyad. I think they're kind of similar paths. Yeah. So you kind of get the early on, they get the angle on the character and they carry that through the rest of the film versus some others there. But I still want to give her a shout out as somebody who could have been on the list easily. And, you know, I, I was I wouldn't have been surprised if she had made the cut. I also wasn't surprised when she didn't. Um, right. But a lot of people were. The movie you're thinking of. The movie you're thinking about is called Bombshell. Yes, Bombshell. That's right. I can't believe I forgot the title. That title, but uh, I, yeah, I I really like that movie, and she has a, a very tragic arc in that in that film, and I think she kind of steals the movie away from uh, everybody in it. And um, last one I, I would mention, I just I again the the May December stuff we talked about last time. Natalie Portman, I actually think maybe gives the best performance in May December of. Oh yeah. Of the three, and like she's she's balancing out doing the research as this actor, but she's also trying to figure out how to become this woman. There's a little bit of a homage to to Persona, uh, the great Igmar Bergman film, in there with this mirror scene where she's you know trying to see how Julianne Moore does her makeup so she can get every detail of this character right. Yeah. And then we see her shooting the film towards the end. But there's some really, like, the moral ambiguity, you talked about that with Anatomy of the Fall, yeah. with May-December, I think maybe hurt the film, but it's something I really love about it. Because at the end, are we supposed to have liked her? Or was she using these people and exploiting them? Um, are we supposed to like Julianne Moore? But she's basically a, you know, a child, child abuser, if you break it down. Yeah. Um, you should feel sorry for Charles Milton, but he he goes along with this and, and makes some different choices there. I mean, uh, there's a scene where, where Portman seduces him and leads to, you know, kind of a, a bit of a sex scene there. I, you know, that's where I was kind of like, oh, I'm I'm totally on board with her as an artist, but now she's 
perhaps crossed a line. Right. Um, and then she's might not be much different than Julianne Moore's character because she's using this guy to give her a chance to be like she's known as this television actor to become this, you know, prominent film actor by playing this real life character, which is very meta because it's about a real story, even though they didn't use the situation, a completely different situation than the Florida school teacher one. So yeah, that's another one that I, I thought early on that she would be a guaranteed a nomination, but I get it. She has her Oscar. She's been nominated a few times, I think for, in some cases, weaker performances than this one, but it was just such a competitive field this year that it was tough for, for those three to get in. So it's not like where I'm like, Oh my gosh, what a tragedy. But I really did think May, December was going to be getting a lot more nominations than it ended up getting. Yeah. I think so. it just got screenplay, right? Yeah. It's nominated for screenplay yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So that was kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's compensation, I guess. So anyway, thank you so much for talking about these two, a long discussion we've had on actor and actress for sure. But, uh, well, my pleasure. I don't think we were bickering as much, maybe a little bit on uh, on Bradley Cooper, but that was me just poking the bear too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, but uh, I again, I appreciate you being a guest uh, um, for all these, and I, I, I respect your opinion. I'm, you know, I, I, uh, I just Thanks go back yeah. on this. It's a very subjective thing, as you you talk, commented. That's a tough thing about film criticism sometimes, yeah. yeah. and the baggage everybody brings. I think all audiences bring that to art. Uh-huh. You know, you have your readings and your life, you know, if you're coming from a feminist lens, you're going to see stuff that's either problematic or supportive. But if you watch a movie like Poor Things, those who come from a different perspective are going to be focusing on something else. And uh, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess when there's an actor who has every advantage and is a movie star and I, I know can be great. Sometimes I hold that to a bit of a higher standard than uh, a Greta Lee or, or or somebody who's kind of come out of nowhere and ended up in um, a maybe less financed and smaller film festival type of a, a, a film there. But um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm not sure my choices are actually that that out, out of left field for these no, acting categories no. this year. They're they're kind of people that are in the running uh, for my the four that I would vote for. Um, which is not always the case with uh, with the Oscars there. Well, I respect your opinion as well. You've uh, spoken highly of my work in, in uh, years past, so I certainly yeah, can argue with your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I, your show when I, was, I think it was a fringe volunteer, but I was also doing reviews. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the kind of stuff I love, and more people need to check it out. And our, our newspaper critic was really not that kind to you. So that's <laughs> what this happens. Yeah. People have different opinions, but yeah, yeah, but that person was wrong. So, um, I haven't done a podcast with that newspaper reporter. No, no, you haven't. You we kept this connection. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we'll have a third yeah. one. We're going to talk about best director and best picture, and oh, yeah. maybe throw in some other highlights for other categories if if we feel the need to. But until then, please check out uh, a lifetime of Hallmark. And I, I, I think we may be lining up an episode where I'm going to come back on and torture you poor people again. So yeah, that's what we're working on. Yeah, and having you on again. So we'll see. Uh, looking forward to how, it. how that goes there. But uh, please, please check out that podcast. Check out Rank and Review, where you've both been guests on that show. Yep, and I, I know I love listening to your episodes with Larry because I feel like. I don't think I could do another 2,000 shows with him. I'll never be the rank and review champion. 
I feel like you and Larry have similar tastes and there would be a day where you would be six for six in the rank and review champion. I think it's possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt uh, Bledsoe's show, Film Feast, and of course, Schlock and all, Lindsay Wilkins, uh, wonderful double feature podcast. Uh, All friends of the show, please support independent podcasts. And uh, until next time, be safe, be kind to one another. And keep supporting the movies, whether they're popular cinema or independent cinema. And I hope people enjoy these Oscar shows and uh, check out uh, the Oscars. Sunday, March the 10th. Please listen to the Oscars. Uh, see if Kurt's right, if I'm right, if we're both wrong, and which means the Academy would be wrong. And until then, uh, take care. Thank you. See you later.